You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach, Andrea LaRosa, and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey. Welcome back, everyone. I'm glad to have you listening to us yet again. Welcome to episode Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Today, this is the second episode, right? Yeah, episode two. Yeah, this is exciting. Like, I feel like last week or our last episode, we got off to an interesting start. I love that first episode. And I feel like now we're getting into the groove a little. So I think yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for today's show. How about you? I am super excited because I've been talking about this episode actually all week with different people. Um, today we're talking about the illusions of love. And mm-hmm. even yesterday I went to lunch with my, mo- with my mother and we were talking about how Reality TV and rom-coms have absolutely, in part of my language, just fucked dating. Absolutely fucked it up. <laughs> it absolutely has. And it's funny that you mention it because I was out with a friend at the beach the other day and we were just randomly mentioning movies and we were talking about the like 90s movies and, and what movie came to mind was Can't Hardly Wait. And I mentioned- Oh my God, I love that film. <laughs> I feel like- People around our age get it like that and like never being kissed with Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore. And I felt like all of those movies like left an impression on me to the point where before I met my husband, I had this idea that love was supposed to happen a certain kind of way, like in the movies. I mean, I guess for older people, it'll be like a, uh, I forget his name, John Hughes movies, like the ones from the eighties and stuff. I hope I'm John Cusack. Yeah, exactly. All of his films from the 80s. Like all of his, from the 80s, exactly. And I thought like, even for people that are older than us, they always go back, oh, those 80 movies, you know, I I, like hold the radio up to my girls like outside her house and like try to get, it's like, come on, no one really does that. And it makes you think about like the 90s movies, like how gratuitous they were and how like, it was all about the man just taking the woman and telling her what she wants. And then guys do that. Right. And then I feel like some of us, even like as a gay male, being more submissive at one point in my life, I kind of expected men to do that for me. Like, how has it affected you in that way? Right. Of course, because, you know, you have this idea that men will just or women even. But usually it's kind of the man's role, at least from the rom-com aspect, was that they would just show up at your house and either, you know, find you places or chase you down or like the John Cusack movie where he's standing outside holding the boom box. You know, in today's world, honey, we call that stalking. Absolutely. Right. Like it's only welcomed when you are actually interested in that man, but come on, how often does that actually happen where a man pulls one of those moves and the woman is actually interested or the man's actually interested. Like, it's so rare. It's it so, is so rare. rare. And it really only happens in movies. And then yes. people like legit think that, oh, that is so romantic. Like, do you ever see the, the videos online? Like, I guess they're like memes and stuff like that. And it'd be like a guy making some gr- grand gesture. And you're just sitting here like only that girl would like that. <laughs> and maybe like a small amount of other people. But it's like, do you feel to show love? 
Like, cause people think that the, the, all the illusion, like the weddings, like it's over the top. People spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars to prove that they're oh, in absolutely. love. The action of like for men, like to do something like that. You said before that it's like stalking. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that a guy, if he like, okay, if it's a stranger is stalking, but if a guy did do that to you, would it win you over? Okay. You were- Let me tell you a story. So this actually happened to me once, not that long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, I was dating this guy. It was um, fairly early in. Uh, I don't think we've even had slept together yet that early in. And I canceled a date because I had a migraine. We were supposed to go to a movie. And I was just like, you know, I, it was legit. I really did have a migraine. And I get them to the point where it's just like debilitating. You're like, and so <laughs> I didn't even realize it. He texts me later on. He's like, I just wanted to check in, see how you're feeling. And I was like, you know, it's getting a little bit better. Just my head still hurts. He's like, well, I dropped something off for you. It's on your doorstep. And I immediately went into panic mode of like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Was that inside my house? And I didn't know, like, oh my God, like I freaked out. And I was just like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I'm not sure still how I feel about this person. And so I open up the door and there's this little bag that has like a little stuffed animal, one of those cute little things, uh, had those cold patches for your head and like uh-huh. a couple other things to make me feel better that were for migraines. And for a split second, I was like freaked the fuck out. But then I realized this was actually a very sweet gesture. It like, is a really sweet gesture, but I got to be honest with you. I almost cringed a little still. So <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> get me wrong. Like we're like, we're not together anymore, but he, we're still good friends. And he, that's just his personality. He's just the sweetest person. And he really genuinely wants to make sure that people have what they need. They're cared for. But being that early on into a relationship, I was just like, whoa, whoa. I don't know what to think about this. I kind of like stood up in the middle of my living room, did like the look around, looked out every window. I was like, is he stalking me? Is he watching me now? Yeah, he wasn't it's obviously. Like, if you didn't, ha- if you haven't had sex at that point, I can on it. I can see that he's doing it to maybe woo you over at that time to say, okay, right. this will increase my chances of having sex with her. <laughs> but still, it's like, okay, so when is that okay? When is those grand gestures of love okay? Is it once you're like knee deep in the relationship? Maybe you're already married. You've already had sex. Um, well, like that's, how- that's the problem, right? Because everyone's acceptance point is different, right? For some people, after date one, they would have been flattered. Some people, they want a f- commitment before you go do something like that, right? Yeah. So everyone is at different levels of what is acceptable in a relationship. And that is really, I think, part of the problem that we have right now in relationships, in dating. Yeah. Is that when is it acceptable to do these grand gestures? When is Mm -hmm. it okay for us to have, you know, maybe really planned dates? I know a lot of people struggle with that, you know. Um, When is it okay to even say that we're in a relationship? When is it okay to have sex? All of these milestones in relationships 
it's probably one of the hardest things to navigate right now in dating is because everyone is at such different levels. Mm-hmm. And especially lately, you know, women sometimes want, and it depends on age, right? An older woman might want to move things along a little bit faster where somebody who's younger might want to take things slower. Yeah. Or maybe she's been scorned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it just doesn't, it just depends. But like, bringing it back to the whole idea of how like TV has affected how we date. Look at reality TV, Mm -hmm. especially Netflix is bumping out all kinds of like dating shows lately. It's just been insane. And I think what that's doing now is telling people it's okay to date on high speed. Yeah. I mean, there is a thing that, that that such as speed dating, but it was almost like I liked it when you mentioned it before. And I think the last episode, how you got started and what brought you into your career was a speed date. And that was nice back then because you actually saw the person in person. Right. But I feel like now with reality TV, it's like it's making it murky that like what love is supposed to be. Like, I thought about this show. Well, I'm always thinking about this show. Not always, but every time I see commercials for it, um, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Oh, dear. And, and every time I see, and then, and then recently, one of the guys came out as gay. So I'm just <laughs> like, what, what more of an illusion of love do, do you like? I don't know. I feel like we, reality TV is conditioning people into having wild expectation of what relationships are supposed to be and I feel like especially those who watch like the the ones about housewives or the ones about very dramatic relationships it almost seems as though people are mimicking those in their relationships like they're getting into arguments all the time if someone does the slightest thing that reminds them of something in the show they go off in a tirade and it becomes like this whole scene and I feel like it's, it's affecting our relationships. Like we're seeing all these people get divorced. We're seeing all these people have kids out of wedlock. Not that that's a terrible thing, if depending on how you look at it, but we're just seeing all these wild decisions. We see bed hopping because, you know, that's what they do on TV. Right. So it's like, I feel like we're all just mimicking what we see on reality TV and it's like damaging. Yeah, definitely. I mean, bringing it back to The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, that's a great example that you bring up. You know, look at how, I think it's, what is it, like 30, 20 to 30 people that they bring on for one person, and they create these dates that are so unrealistic. You are never going to recreate one of these as your real date when you leave the show, right? (laughs) Um, it's just, I mean, you could, if you have a lot of money, sure, sure. You can take a helicopter for a second date, but the people watching this show, I'm, I mean, I would imagine aren't all millionaires or, you know, but I, the people I, watching the show are just the regular run of the mill, Joe Schmone, your neighbor, my neighbor, right. Yeah. These are just people who are just trucking along, trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Those are the people who watch the show because it's fantasy, Yeah. right? We have to remember that this is TV and you and I have worked in television and we understand the behind the scenes view of reality TV. Yeah. Uh, 
I've worked on the show when it first started years ago. <laughs> Wait, you worked on The Bachelor? That's yeah. So I I dabbled a little bit in reality TV for a while when I was living in LA because I thought, how cool would this be? Like to have like become a producer for a reality TV show. And then I saw for one how scripted it is. <laughs> Yeah, how manipulated it is. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, hell, I can't sleep at night working on a show like this. Yeah, like people are sitting in a room, like brainstorming on the best date ideas they could come up with, which for most of us, we're not, you know, just, you know, coming up with these ideas randomly on, you know, on. I mean, sometimes I must say my husband surprises me like he has surprised me with some stuff. And during our relationship, and I'm every time he does, I'm just like, wow, there are guys like you out there, and it's really like I remember for our honeymoon, he came home one day, and he gave me this envelope with a picture, and then I took the picture out, and it says you are going to Hawaii for your you're going to Hawaii for your honeymoon. I'm like, oh, what's this? That's nice. I guess what your job is saying to Hawaii for something. Like it totally went over my head. <laughs> it was such a dense moment for me. And then it took like a minute or two later to realize, oh, we're going to Hawaii for a honeymoon. Oh That's amazing. And I thought it was so romantic. I will say like, I don't know where, he, yeah. I don't know where he gets his ideas from, but for shows like that, people are at, literally brainstorming multiple people like how can we make this the most fantastic thing ever it's like these exaggerated experiences we watch it on tv and we look at our boyfriend or our husband or our girlfriend or wife and say how come you don't do that for me exactly and that's the problem we're comparing Mm -hmm. real people that are in our bubble right like you said boyfriend girlfriend wife husband to these situations that we see on television for one that have the financial backing of the show right? hello let's look at how much <laughs> it cost a normal person yeah not realistic yeah not to mention you're gonna take a girl out on a date she is not getting that dialed up for you not a first date yeah you no know? it's just it's unrealistic they bring yeah. in these model looking women or model looking men and leave the viewer thinking, I deserve somebody who looks like that. Yeah. No, never mind what their real personality is, right? Yeah. No, yeah. never mind what their real values or the real character is like. All you see is what the show allows you to see because they edit out everything else. You know, I watched one of the recent episodes or seasons of The Bachelor and it was mind-blowing. It was absolutely mind-blowing. I absolutely hate that show. And it's just a personal opinion. It's just, it's nothing against the show. It's just, I've never really liked it. It's never been for me. I don't really like reality TV because I know how manipulative the yeah. producers are. It's yeah, basically, I almost feel like we should rename reality TV improv TV. Because at the end of the day, that's really what it is. It's a producer goes up to the people who are supposedly living their lives in front of camera and they say, okay, so she just told you that her, that her boyfriend just slept with your best friend. React, hit record. I mean, that's literally how it's happening sometimes. So we were watching these shows and then 
let's say our boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or whatever does something very minute, like someone did in the show. Next thing you know, they're reminded of the show. Next thing you know, they're reminded of the scenario. Next thing you know, they're having the same argument about nothing. I almost feel like sometimes there's these memes that pop up online. People create drama in their relationships to see if they are valued. And sometimes I think reality TV has made that a possibility. Like mm-hmm. in these relationships, people fight. They sometimes get into physical fights. Like on the Jersey Shore, these couples, they have such passionate connections. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes they end up in physical fights, but then they end up back together. Right. So then it's like people start thinking, okay, drama in my relationship equals love. Right. And does that now show people that fighting is love? That's how you show your love. Fighting does not equal love. It does not. I think, I think you're right. I think you bring up some really good points. And really, if you look at it, why do people fight in relationships, right? There's multiple reasons why people fight, but the number one reason that you see a lot of people getting into like these really petty arguments or fights Mm -hmm. is because their needs aren't being met, right? That's why they're creating all this drama, you know? I've talked about this before with a lot of my clients, love languages, right? Some people think it's a joke. Ha ha ha. It's so funny. Love languages, but there's so much validity to that, that you really need to understand not just your own love language, but you need to know your partners. Mm -hmm. And something I hear a lot from people, and it kind of makes me cringe a little bit is when I hear someone, if I ask someone, what's your love language? And they say, oh, Mine is, say, for example, physical touch and words of affirmation, but I like to show gifts or um, quality time. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you like to show? What do you mean you like to show? (laughs) (laughs) You need to learn what your partner's love language is and make sure that need is being met for them. You're never going to have the same. You and your partner are never going to be on the same page with your love languages or any of those things. You need to be aware of what your partner needs to feel loved. That's all love language is. It's how you feel loved and appreciated in a relationship. Mm. So if your partner has, say, for example, your physical touch and your partner's words of affirmation, you better be telling your partner how wonderful they are and how much you appreciate them, or they're never going to feel loved in that relationship. Therefore, they're going to create drama or start little fights because their needs aren't being met. It's a really simple solution when you say it. It's much harder to do it. I understand that. <laughs> I can totally see what you're saying, though. I mean, you have all the expertise in this area, but just in, in, a simple, in the simple way that you just explained, I totally understand where you're coming from because the way I like to be shown affection is totally different than the way my husband likes to be shown affection. Exactly. And I realize that. And when I think back in the past on all the relationships that did not work, I realized there was a disconnection in us showing each other our love language. Yeah. Like one relationship in particular, I actually think he might have been my first love in hindsight, but um, he would not give me a, like show me affection. I think he was like one foot in the closet, one foot out of the closet. <laughs> so he would not like be totally affected. He wouldn't say loving words to me, but he would show his love in giving me gifts. Um, supposedly give me really good sex or um, very superficial stuff. But when it came down to like feelings and showing like uh, 
sharing like what was going on in his heart. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. And for me on his, I didn't know how to give that back to him. Like, of course, by him not sharing things with me made it very hard for me to be able to even learn what his love language was for me to be able to fulfill that for him. Right. Yeah. So how do you think, what do you think is the best way for people to learn someone's love language? Because I still feel everyone is disillusioned by the illusions of love. They all, everyone, like guys think girls all want big bouquets of flowers, you know, some do. grand jest. Well, some do. Yeah, that's true. So how do you learn that about your partner? Um, the best way is to take the damn quiz. <laughs> the I quiz? Mean, there's a quiz. Um, so the love language is, it's a book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had it around here somewhere. I was going to pull it up. Mm-hmm. You could read the, the book, language. sure. You could listen to the book, but... Um, I think the best way to learn what your love languages are is to go online, Google the five love languages quiz and take the quiz. Um, ah, yeah. So Gary Chapman, did you find it? Yeah. Gary <laughs> Chapman. Up. Yeah. I'm looking it up. So I'm being a good producer today. I <laughs> <so>. <laughs> the five yes, love I languages. See is a book written by Gary Chapman. Um, He also wrote um, a book about the five, uh, the apology languages as well. That Mm -hmm. one's a little bit harder to navigate. The love Mm -hmm. languages is something that I feel is really important to understand about yourself and about your partner, right? And he's got this quiz that you can just Google it and you can take it. It takes maybe 10 minutes at most. And I suggest doing it often because your love language will change. If you're single, then it'll be one thing. When you're in a relationship and a need is not being met, then it'll change a little bit. Um, And be honest when you take it, because I can't tell you how many times people are like, yeah, gifts are at the very bottom for me. (laughs) And then during a session, somebody will say like, you know, but he didn't give me he gave me this gift. It was so terrible. And I'm like, well, I thought gifts didn't matter to you. Yeah. (laughs) So often we say gifts don't matter because we feel like we're being very superficial or petty, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know what? If your love language is gifts, that's okay. Just be honest about it. Yeah. It's so funny how we get shamed by the things that we actually naturally like in love and life. And I think that keeps people from like, really just like getting to know us and getting to learn our love language. Oh, such a, I mean, we're, we've been talking for a while about this. And when we pre-wrote this show, we did mention reality TV and whatnot, but I think what is like, I did want to bring up like the whole thought of um, Disney films. Me too. I was literally just thinking the same thing. Yeah, because we talked about reality TV. We talked about how, you know, people don't know each other's love language because of reality TV. I just learned so much from you about love languages. I'm going to have to do this quiz myself (laughs) and have my husband do it so we can learn more about each other. But I will say I'm going to Disneyland in two weeks and it has been a major part of my life growing up as an American. I think as most Americans, it's part of our life. Do you feel 
that Disney has made a huge impact on the way Americans love, or maybe even the world now, the way we love and the way we see love and the way we see generals and relationships. I think Disney knows that they have. They've had an impact, especially on little girls. I think they know that. And I think that is why they are starting to change the way their Disney quote unquote princess behaves. Look at the film um, Frozen, the first one, right? In almost every Disney film for years, it's the princess is saved by the prince, the tall, handsome, white eye roll <laughs> yeah. prince. <laughs> uh, yeah and all of a sudden now you have a film where she is rescued by her sister right it's it's that feminine power now all of a sudden they're trying to change the script i think brave kind of did that a little bit too where it was more of the mother-daughter relationship yeah um so i think they are trying to change the old story of the typical pasty white female princess with these with the high pitched voice yes <laughs> this barbie doll figure being rescued and saved yeah. by this tall strapping young prince like it's just uh, i just want makes me want to throw up right now <laughs> it uh, it makes me too and i feel like for men it's done equal as much damage because I think Disney has definitely had its hand in toxic masculinity Absolutely. because when you look at all these guys in these movies they're all big strong and dumb and they all look like they can uh, uh, make lots of kids let's just put it that way <laughs> like they sexualize I like I feel like for women they 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 make them submissive and and sexualize and then for the men they make them dumb and sexualize and I feel like for a lot of like, not a lot, but I feel like for some American couples that I have met over the years, they've always played the, one of those two characters. The woman right. is the damsel in distress and the guy is the big, strong hunter. And I see that in so many relationships to the point where I'm like, is this Disney? Is this religious based? Like, <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. If you think about it, for years, women have been told, if you want a man, you have to kind of dumb yourself down, which is absurd, right? Because yeah. men get intimidated by very intellectually stimulating women or strong, independent women. And I hear it from clients left and right. Male clients yeah. always want a strong, independent woman. Then they get one and they're like, oh God, I don't know what to do with her though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just support her. That's all. It's really that simple. Yeah. Just support her. You yeah. don't have to fix everything. And unfortunately it, you know, I don't think it's their fault. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. Society has raised us Mm -hmm. to believe that these are our gender roles but yeah. i really truly believe that we're changing them slowly unfortunately but yeah, we are super changing slow. them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i agree to change that yeah cuz i feel like it 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 just leads us all to disappointment like i hear i talk to some of my female friends even my male friends about their ideas of love and 
some of them I agree with where they just want someone that kind of enjoys the same things that they do in life. They get their love language. But then others is always this like princess hero Mm -hmm. syndrome thing going on. Like, I just want a guy to come in and be strong and take care of everything. And I just want to just sit there and just be pretty. And like, that's, I mean, I guess that's okay if that's what you want. Right. But I'm always just like, how fulfilling can that be? Even to the point now where it's like, you see those filters online where it's like, they make the girls look like Bambi with the little, the <laughs> eyelashes. And Snapchat the little, filters. Oh my God. I feel like everything has become this illusion that people think is going to attract them someone. And really it just pushes people farther away. Oh, you should see what dating looks like online now for men and for women too, but specifically because men don't use the Snapchat filters for their dating profiles. Women do that. And I've seen what some of these guys are looking at and it's like, I'm swiping through all these pictures. I'm going, which one is the real person? Yeah. Like, are her eyes brown or are her eyes green? Because in this picture, her eyes are green. And obviously she doesn't have whiskers in real life. But like, yeah, you know, What's they're happening? airbrushed. They're yeah. airbrushed to high hell. And so it's yeah. like, well, she looks 12 now because she's so airbrushed and there's not a damn wrinkle on her face. But her profile says that she's like 45. So I'm really confused. So yeah. I understand. It's so complicated. I, I know how to put a profile together. I help people do all the time. And the one thing, yes, can we airbrush it? Of course. I, I airbrush my shit all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but like minimally, right? Yeah. You still have to look like you. At the end of the day, you are looking to date someone. You are looking to start a relationship with someone. And when you show up to that first date and you don't look like your pictures, yeah, instantly the, that person is going to be disappointed and you're starting off on the wrong foot and you're probably doomed to fail on that first date. Yeah. Just look like you be you. And if someone doesn't accept you for you, fuck so them. be it. Exactly. Move on. I want people to have more confidence within their skin. Yeah. And I feel like the more we do that, the closer we will all be to falling more in love. Like, the reason why I'm with my husband is because he's the first guy that accepted me for me. There's nothing I can do. I mean, besides, you know, something that will physically hurt him or hurt his feelings that I can do to myself or, or, or show that will, I guess that will push him away because he loves me for me. Right. And I think everyone can have that if they just get over this illusion of love, get over these filters, get over like faking things to like the bait and switch, get over like thinking that reality TV is the way to which we're supposed to love, get over this princess hero syndrome. If we could just be authentic, if we could just be ourselves, I feel like the disillusion of love will go away and we will all be happy. Like- Absolutely. Oh, this episode has got me so charged. Yes. Be your authentic (laughs) self. No more illusions. Like guys are frustrated sometimes, you know, seeing the, the filters. And I'm pretty sure just like you said, women have, what is the most frustrating you think women may have about men when it comes to the illusions of love? It's the expectation. So men who are watching these reality shows like the bachelor, bachelorette, um, you know, they have this expectation that their women need to look like this. 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, drop dead gorgeous, perfect body. And when they meet them, they're like, well, she doesn't really fit the physical aspect that I normally am attracted to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll give her a chance. And I hear that all the time. And I'm just like, what do you mean you'll give her a chance? Like, hopefully there's more to her than just the way she looks or the way she dresses. But I hear it a lot. Uh, She's not my usual type. My usual type is, you know, super fit, thin, you know, beautiful. They're looking for somebody. If you're looking at a scale one to 10, right, they want a nine. And if you ask these guys, and I, I'm not trying to like man hate right now, that's definitely not it. But like a lot of times when you ask them, like, what do you, what would you rate yourself looks wise? You know, I'm like a six or a seven, but you want a nine. Yeah. So like that's the absurd thing. It's like it's usually like guys that are not that great and don't have a whole lot of help to offer. And they're like, oh, you need to be in tip top shape. I, look at you. Right. I actually, when people say, the, when I hear this sentence, he's not my type, but you're not my type. I cringe because it just shows how shallow the person is. And honestly, if someone says that sentence to you, you should run for the fucking hills <laughs> because they're not going to have anything to offer you in any way, shape or form. Right. And I'm not saying that you have to have an attraction. There has to be some level of attraction. Yeah, and, of course. And yeah, it has to be there to some degree. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, this person is gorgeous. It doesn't have to be that on a first date, right? Because as most people know, the more you love someone, the more attractive that person becomes. This is true. And their kindness and their gentleness or whatever it is that you're attracted to about them, that just makes them more and more attractive as time goes on, you know? your sexual attractiveness grows with that too. So at least like if they're someone that you can look at and say, you know what? They're not bad looking. Great. Give them a chance. <laughs> but they don't have Simple to as be that. a model when, you know, Yeah. it's just, <clears throat> we've taught that... guys that they deserve that, right? Yeah. You deserve a woman who is drop dead gorgeous because mm-hmm. you're the provider in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate to break it to you guys, but you're no longer the provider for a lot of these women. Women have been educated and Mm -hmm. they have their own careers now Mm -hmm. and they don't need you to necessarily provide. They want a partner. Yeah. Right. So many times I hear people just want a partner. They want someone to share their life with, to go and do things with and to have fantastic sex and to love each other. It's not the 1950s way of being in a relationship anymore. Yeah. So we've been watching the show uh, Outlander and that's like one of the the episodes where this guy is like, I own you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast, where dating doesn't just stop because you're in a relationship. To have a happy and healthy relationship, we need to continue to put in the effort. For more information and a free consultation from me, please visit andrealarosacoaching.com. Until next time.